Hello, and thanks for tuning back in to Character Speaks, a podcast in partnership with ProSign Design to spotlight passionate educators who are walking the talk. I'm your host, Barbara Gruner, and today we are visiting with Megan Kessner, a special education teacher out in California, about her work with students in the high school years, about her writing, she's dabbling in storytelling, and about life in general. Welcome, welcome, Megan, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. I'm going to start with the cliche. Tell us a little bit about yourself because I would prefer that my listeners introduce are introduced to you in your own words. What brought you to today? Um, I would have to say um, our connection on Twitter. You are an amazing person um, doing some amazing work out there. And I, I had the opportunity to read your book over the summer when I was recovering from surgery. And you have such a similar message um, to my viewpoint. And I've kind of been drawn to your work and your passion. And it has inspired me and almost catalysted me as well to um, continue my work and empower students out here in California. Thank you, Megan. I like the idea of being a character catalyst. Um, I hope you're recovering well from the surgery. That's over. And I'd like to say it's over and done with. Um, (laughs) Back on two feet. So that's the important thing. Fantastic. I know from our conversations that you actually changed schools recently. You want to talk a little bit about moving from one grade level to the next and what it takes to plant in a new school? Um, I actually transferred um, schools last year. I went from middle school to high school. Okay. And I would have to say a couple years um, in education, I've started mid-year. So that's been kind of an interesting experience. But um, to come into a community mid-year is hard. You almost have to prove yourself to both the other educators and the students. And more than likely, the students have had a rotation of subs which, as you can imagine, being in education yourself is very hard to come into because there hasn't been much structure, much routine, and not much compassion towards the students. So they just kind of come in and do their thing, either be on their phones or talk to each other and don't really have any regard for anyone else in the classroom. So coming in, um, establishing routines, establishing yourself establishing relationships with students and other teachers um, mid-year is challenging, but it can also be very rewarding as well. I'm glad you mentioned compassion. As I was kind of going through your Twitter feed, I see empathy, compassion, and kindness really, really throughout most all of your tweets. Will you talk about why you feel like that's so important? I feel like that's so important in education, especially, um, I don't want to label them, but with the students that I teach, um, I'm in special education. They're not really shown much kindness or compassion. They're just kind of pushed through the system. So taking a step back and seeing them as the individuals that they are has really been important to me in, in my career. 
So I know not labeling them is so important, but um, one of the tweets I saw that you either retweeted or generated was, what if we called them at promise instead of at risk? What do you think a tiny reframe like that can do for a child, perhaps one that you work with? I think it gives them a sense of empowerment. I think the students I re- um, feel that there's some shame in the labels associated either with their um, socioeconomic status, their disability, their academic performance, and just changing the reframe of the labels that we as adults throw around can really empower success, change the classroom mood, change the tone. Um, I've had a lot of success with that. So for do the you students think... and adults, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying for students and adults, I know that I work with a paraprofessional and just hearing the labels that are thrown out sometimes are really kind of almost like nails on a chalkboard. And it's like, no, we can't talk like that. We have to remain positive for the kids. So do you think that's what drives your empowerment over excuses? I don't know if you'd call it a mantra, but mantra, if you will. I think it is. I think um, definitely I've used my husband's story as one of my driving forces. He has epilepsy with myoclonic seizures that have affected him. And just seeing how people have labeled him and has kind of, it has affected his academic achievements and his professional achievements as well um, has really driven me to help empower students to achieve their maximum potential within themselves and also um, within their life. So it sounds like to you, it's more important who they are and who they can become before you get to what they can do or what they can achieve. Would that be right? I think it's a balance between the two. Knowing who they are is definitely important to figure out what they can do. Um, There's definitely, once you find the driving force for the students, it's definitely easier to motivate them to achieve their maximum potential. Got it. So am I right that you've been in education five years now? Yes. um, This is my fifth year this year. Okay. And why do you think you chose to work with children with special needs as opposed to um, children in a, I don't know what the right word is, nor a mainstreamed classroom or regular education kind of setting. I I chose to work with students with special needs because of my frustration with the system. I I have noticed, especially um, in some schools out here in California, that teachers don't always teach to their potential. I've seen a lot of coloring in middle school, all day coloring. I'm not saying coloring is bad. Um, all day <laughs> coloring activities, a lot of movies being watched, just kind of like more of babysitting type activities versus um, academic rigor, academic um, activities that can help students obtain skills. And I guess my anger and frustration drove me into um, trying to make a difference. 
Very nice. Now, in addition to teaching, you've been dabbling in some writing because you have a story in the Stories in Education book that the Bretzman Group published this spring, correct? Correct. I did. Um, I chose to write about one of my seniors from last year that really made an impact on me, not so much um, because of his behaviors in the classroom, but more at my, I guess, humbleness, if you will, of the lessons that he was able to teach me and kind of my surprise and also the value that I placed on that as well. So when the student becomes the teacher, can you kind of walk us through the story a little bit without giving too much away? Because we, you know, do want the listeners to buy the book. Of course. Um, I guess it was just kind of that class. It was a bigger class for special education, um, all seniors, and they were very shut off at first. Um, like I said, that's kind of typical when students have subs for a couple months and then you come in. In fact, I think a lot of them thought I was a new sub, but um, they were shut off, drawn into their phones. And it really took a lot for me to engage them. I think more than the average, I I don't want to say average teacher, but average um, attempts. And this student really came alive in a particular unit and just him telling me what advocating for his needs in a way that reminded me that they were interested in the curriculum. They were interested in what I had to say. I really appreciated and valued that. Very nice. I also saw on Twitter that you tweeted out, high expectations should not be no mistakes, no second chances, and moving fast. Why did that catch your eye? Um, I would have to say because of the low expectations that I see a lot mm-hmm. and kind of the um, misconception of what high expectations really are. Um, I really thought that that particular tweet was worded in a way that was just like almost like a really quick soundbite of how I felt. And I thought it was important to keep it alive and going and share with as many people as I could. Very nice. Now I want to take you back a year when you moved schools. And then somehow we connected because I must have posted a picture of our puppetry or maybe Maybe you saw the Bretzman stories in EDU um, interview or something, but you reached out and said, oh my gosh, I've got some puppets who would like to live in that tree. And I guess it's because you were switching schools and and had some from your middle school days. Will you tell the listeners that story? Because we had never met before. Um, It was a picture of the puppet tree that you had posted. And I believe you were talking about your retirement or your upcoming retirement from the school. And we had a bunch of puppets that needed a home. And it was really important to my middle school students that they went to another school and kind of continued their work with other students. Um, and I saw your post and I kept thinking like how perfect it was 
if they could go to your puppetry, um, your puppets looked so happy in a sense. And um, so I reached out to you and I think it took me a little while to actually send the box to you, but um, I reached out and finally sent them over to you and was so excited to see that you had received them. So um, that was really special to both me and my students. It was special to us too, I think, because sometimes acts of kindness, they're pretty easy to do for our friends and the people that we love. But to me, that was a huge act of kindness because you had never met my students. And even once you saw that I was retiring, though we were a little connected on Twitter and had not met, you still wanted those puppets to find their home at Bales Intermediate with my students. And I was able to take them up there um, right at the end of the summer and give them to the assistant principal. Um, some of them, there were quite a few. There must have been a dozen in that box. Um and took them to the kids who are in the in the quest classes because those children with some developmental delays certainly always appreciate their play time and their you know y- you get to gain leadership skills through that puppet play and i really love the idea that my puppets looked happy in that tree <laughs> They just, I don't know, there was something about it, like some sense of magic or happiness. And I just really wanted um, our puppets or my puppets to be able to continue um, and be part of that work. So I'm really glad that they're put to good use. Very nice. Well, I was super grateful. I'm going to switch directions. I think you're a dog owner. Is that right? I am. I have a six-month-old English bulldog puppy who thinks she's the diva of the world. Okay, so I grew up on a dairy farm, and one of my favorite statistics is that cows with names will produce up to 5% more milk. And so I'm thinking about being a dog person or a cow person and how that relationship with our animals connects with how we may or may not relate to kids does anything jump out at you um as you compare your little baby puppy (laughs) with the kids you get to connect with every day I definitely think that um there's like that same nurturing sense and she almost I would say inspires me to um be kind and find those compassionate moments that are sometimes hard to find so there's that compassion piece again. She's also a great link for some of my students that don't want to open up. Sometimes I can show them a picture of her either sitting with a pumpkin or in a tutu, and they are wanting to connect at least about that picture. So she's sometimes a good conversation starter as well. Oh, I like that. I also have to ask about your Twitter handle because your Twitter handle is just Megan. And I know one time I said, well, I'm just a school counselor. And someone said, oh, no, 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 no. Do not ever just put the word just in front of who you are or what you do. So would you share your story as you morph from just Megan to just Megan? (laughs) Um, just Megan did start from my personal life. I am a stepmom, and sometimes I felt a little bit of frustration, and I would uh, express that by saying, I'm just Megan. 
kind of like I didn't feel a lot of value attached to either my actions or what was going on in a certain situation. And then as I kind of got my feet wet in education and working and joining or becoming more active in Twitter, I realized, hey, I'm just Megan. Like there's something cool. There's something unique. There's something empowering about being just Megan. And I really embraced it and like to think I've taken off with it. And it is kind of unique in a sense because a lot of people don't attach value to the just thing. But sometimes I think owning the uniqueness is kind of the best way to go. Wow. It sounds like kids that are influenced and inspired by you probably have a real a real blessing. I hope that they, you know, are able to understand and recognize um how how blessed they are, how lucky they are. I like to think that I um I have some students that came back to TA for me this year and it's so funny to listen to them. Um, talk to the students and say, you know, she's a really cool teacher and she'll really help you out. All you have to do is, and it's just so funny to hear their perspective um, this year, which is a very cool thing to listen to. Nice. So as a caregiver, are you also able to receive care or is that something that is difficult for you? Um, I think, think so. I mean, I have an amazing husband who is supportive and helpful and empowers me and is very good about making sure that I take me time to kind of reset and recharge. And that's going to lead us right into the self-care. What does me time look like for you and possibly as you model it for your students and your stepchildren and your husband? We definitely take time to get away. Um, We go to the beach a lot. I guess it's one of the advantages of being in California. And we were just at the beach a couple weeks ago. And just that serenity of watching the water come up or even letting it come up on my feet and just kind of letting things go um, with the waves going out to sea has been really powerful for me. Um, On a more physical level, I do like to box on and off when I am feeling good and strong and able to get into the ring. Um, And I am super excited to be starting some yoga this spring. I'm doing a 16-week kind of retreat for educators to learn how to bring yoga and meditative mindfulness into the classroom. Wow. Is that something that you've initiated or gotten a grant for or trained to do? It's something, um, I guess, I'm bringing in the mindfulness piece that really empowered me from my past and um, found this amazing, I guess, group, you would call them, um, that is training educators. And I am out on my own doing this to empower both myself, other educators, and ultimately um, the students. So you're really a leader on your campus, even though currently you're working as a teacher. Do you consider yourself like administrative kind of, or is that a direction you'd like to go? That's more of a direction 
I'd like to go in the future. I did. I am switching gears a little bit in my career and becoming um, what they call out here a special education facilitator, which allows me to go in and help teachers as well as um, do some community outreach. And I'm super excited for this opportunity. So then you would be in more of a coaching role? Yes. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. I'm very excited about and I'm excited for the lessons I'm going to learn as well as the growth that um, it naturally has built in. So it feels like a really good time and a really good opportunity. So I'm very excited about that. So that kind of covers the question I typically end on with what's, what's next. Um, other opportunities besides the mindfulness that are just around the corner for you, or is that where your focus is right now? Um, I'm really focused on getting more of my writing out there. There is some interest in a new teacher magazine type thing. And I'm looking to put that together for tips and tricks for other teachers to be able to help them in those moments. I know, I remember in my teaching program, they said like November to February is those t- are the toughest months. And just to kind of help them get through that hump um, with encouragement, support, just kind of little quick um, pieces for them to draw from is my goal. I also do want to eventually get my own book out there. So we'll see. (laughs) There's a lot of things in the future. Well, it sounds like we're back to the empathy and the compassion that you would be so thoughtful as to be creating a resource for others based on what you might've needed when you were first teaching. Definitely. I definitely don't want any other teachers to have to, I don't want to say have to, because it was a great growth for me, but <laughs> what I went through, I definitely don't know that other, I want other teachers to go through that or those feelings. I know there's a lot of isolation that comes with the profession and um, loneliness. So I definitely do want others to feel like there are supports out there as well as to have something. I know there's sometimes being a new teacher, there's a lot of feelings of being overwhelmed because there's a million ideas out on Twitter or Pinterest or teachers pay teachers are just, and just to have those few nuggets to get you through, um, is really important for me to help others with. And do you feel like Twitter has kind of taken away that isolation or loneliness or, silo, island, whatever that aloneness is. Has Twitter done that for you a little bit? I would say definitely. Um, It makes me feel like I'm not alone, that my ideas, there are others with similar ideas out there. And that has kind of got me through those rough patches when it is hard in the classroom or for whatever other purpose. Very nice. Before we close, because it looks like our time is almost up, is there anything I've missed? Any stories that you want to tell or words of wisdom that you want to impart before we close out and um, say goodbye for now? I definitely want other educators to realize like how powerful their words are, especially Students are always listening. They're almost like kids and they hear what you're saying. They hear what they're saying, what you're saying about other students, what they're saying, what you're saying about them. Um, 
in particular for the high school, like, oh, if senior seniors are so lazy or this generation, and they really pick up on that. And it's almost like they have to then live it out. And I would just encourage other educators to stay positive and find those little pieces that are good about students, be intentional, go out of your way to find the good, the positive, maybe write down one good thing that happened each day and save it because it really does make a difference in your outlook and mindset and ultimately for the students. That is such an important reminder. I know in Character Strong, we say what you expect, you affect. And really, if you're, if you're putting these kids down or even have that air of, you know, somehow we're better or somehow they're less than, they're totally picking up on that at whatever age, right? Right. And just, you know, I just would encourage other educators to see the potential, even at kindergarten, if you have a kid that's pulling hair, like they probably have something they want to tell you, like, just try to find something like, you know, even if they just sat down that one time, like, you know, just whatever it is, because it can really change the, um, outlook of their educational career almost. Mm -hmm. All behavior is communication. Yes, it is. Okay, so where can the listeners find you? I know I found you on Twitter. I'm currently just on Twitter. My handle is at JustMegan87. Um, I'm definitely here for any support, any ideas, any any communication, even if they just need a friend in the moment. Um, anyone can always reach out to me, and I'll try to do what I can to be supportive, compassionate, and kind. Thank you so much, Megan Kessner, for carving out time to visit with us today. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to tune in. Quick reminder that this podcast is supported by ProSign Design, a family-owned business dedicated to character, safety, and organization. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about character education, connections, and life. In the meantime, remember that character speaks.